Game time. You're listening to the House League Heroes podcast with your hosts, Riley Barton and Tanner Chuby. Follow the guys on Instagram at underscore Riley Barton underscore and Tanner C-H-U-B-E-Y. Welcome back. We are on episode number 12 now of the House League Heroes podcast. My name is Riley Barton and I am joined as always by Tanner Chuby. Riley. We can breathe. We can exhale, because <laughs> the let's be frank, the craziest free agency, maybe in the history of the NHL, has passed. Yeah, and we better enjoy this breath as long as we can, because Jack a Jack Eichel trade is probably going to come, and you know sooner rather than later. So, yeah, lots has happened. Um, how you been? It's been a while since we talked. We took uh, last Sunday off. Um, you were gone, it was August long, and you were on vacation and hopefully recovered by now. Uh, pretty much, I think so. I'm not 100% sure yet. I think my brain's still a little fuzzy from the, the getaway, but besides that, I'm sure I'll, I'll be okay. How was it anyways? You guys were in Panorama, correct? Yeah, it's still smoky in BC, so yeah. that sucked every morning. Felt like um, you had strep throat because of how bad the smoke was, but... It would go away after about half an hour, and then the rest of it was good. At least it's good thing you guys got to go out on your trip or whatever and get out this year. So um, I pretty much didn't really do anything all along. Just enjoyed the heat. <laughs> um, took took some time off work after a busy good. busy few weeks. So and I heard they got slammed at work. So I was very glad I booked this weekend <laughs> off. <laughs> um, nice. Let's get right into it, free agency. Now, in terms of going through each and every single signing, yeah, um, I think that would probably take us till next year's free agency to get. Yeah, through and probably probably um, be a little boring. But there, but there's a lot to get through, and a lot of stories happening. I think the team that's really causing the most headaches and confusion is the Carolina Hurricanes. So, I saw a post, and heading into free agency, now the Hurricanes are known for not wanting to spend money. Correct? They don't. Yeah. Not so much cheap, Frank Cervelli was saying something along the lines of they feel what a player's worth and they're not going to, you know, change their opinion on that, right? They want to play yeah. someone with, pay someone what they think they're worth versus overpaying. Now, they were going into free agency with just under $30 million of projected cap space. Now, you have RFA uh, Andrei Svechnikov, who you still have to sign. They uh, tendered and offered to him. They, sa- they had to save money for him, but... We talked about the Nadelkovic trade last time. They didn't re-sign Peter Mrazek. Both those goalies with their AAVs cost just cost about $7 million. The Carolina Hurricanes' free agency went out and signed Frederick Anderson to a $9 million contract over two years, so 4.5 AAV, and Antti Ranta to two years, a two-year $4 million contract, a $2 million AAV. The Hurricanes here on their goaltending tandem saved a total of $500,000. <laughs> Crazy. I can't I still can't believe that I don't that they went for Freddy, man. <laughs> I look at those two names I just said, Anderson and Ranta. What has been their biggest issue? It's been staying healthy. Yes. So, okay, you know, oh well, if one goes down, we have the other to rely on. Well, you might go down right after. They might go. They might just both collapse, and 
you know, I loved Freddie in Toronto. I think I kind of felt bad for him. I felt fans kind of dumped on him a little too quickly and maybe turned their back on him a little bit. But, I mean, can you blame him? They're, they want to win a Stanley Cup, and Jack Campbell played outstanding. You have to run with the Hawk goalie. And Anderson just didn't play good last year. Lost himself a lot of money. And Antti Ranta, same thing. Like, the guy, when is the last time he's played over... You always hear, oh, he's a fantastic backup, could be a, in the 1A, 1B position with another goaltender. Yeah. He hasn't played enough games to prove that. I, I don't think he's played over 30 games in God knows how many years. Yeah, I, I really do like Rantha. I think he's a great goalie, and it's just when guys get injured like that, it's so hard to put so much effort into that player and have that much trust in them. So it, it's it's definitely risky. <laughs> Look, he's proven when he's in the lineup he can play good, like you said, but eventually when you're hurt that much and you could ask players this, I'm sure you could ask just people in life who have suffered from injuries, they catch up to you, right? So yeah. now again, it's it's a two-year contract. I don't think this is going to handicap the Hurricanes or screw them over in the future, but it just boggles my mind how they were so keen on saving that $500,000 on a, a rookie caliber, you know, <laughs> goaltender he was a finalist correct like he was a calder yes. finalist right nadelkovic and peter mrazik who has shown he's was been great in carolina in that tandem position so uh, i i think they really dropped the ball there on on that goaltending situation yeah um, i have to agree and then so you let dougie hamilton go right that was the big ufa they had he was probably the biggest ufa on the market that's the one where everyone was kind of saying where is he going to go everyone was waiting to see what was going to happen and by the way if you're a hockey parent don't ever you know train your kid to be a forward put them at defense because the money <laughs> defenseman made in this free agency whole oh boy yeah um, it, it was crazy some of the deals that were getting handed out man were nuts like so hamilton on a deal now i didn't actually put the details here i believe it was a seven-year deal I believe worth eight point five million dollars uh, for the New Jersey yeah. Devils, which do, that doesn't seem so. When you compare it to what like Jones and Warinsky got, that doesn't seem so bad for a guy like Dougie Hamilton, who you know is going to play top two minutes. Yeah, for sure, he's guaranteed. So you'd think he'd be able to get more money, and just knowing how Dougie Hamilton and it's, I feel like he would have asked for more money. So mm -hmm. I think that's a that's pretty good for them. And the you know the thing with the Hurricanes they they don't people say oh well they're not cheap and you know they're not cheap they want to give players what they feel they're worth the offer <laughs> they reportedly offered and again this is just reported offered Dougie Hamilton eight years at six point two million dollars kind of insulting hey it is for a guy <laughs> who in the last two three years has really taken a step to be one of the best defensemen in the league for your team I, I don't know man yeah. that just doesn't seem right and i don't blame hamilton for saying no like i'm not are you kidding me no, you know i'm that's... all i'm all for players getting their money and he pretty much got he makes an extra two million more just off of salary alone every yeah. year um <laughs> Yeah, and, and for the Devils' side of things, right, like they get a top-handed right-shot defenseman. I know they're paying Subban that $9 million still, but that's for one more year, and then it's off the books. 
Yeah. I, I think the Devils just really needed some stability back there. And I think to kind of help take the pressure off some of these younger guys, like, uh, uh, oh, what was that kid's name? Ty Smith this year, who was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Will Butcher. Um, you know, and even for the forwards, maybe don't have to be so much defensively responsible just yet, like a Jack yeah. Hughes, Nico Heischer, although he's a fantastic player on the defensive side. Yeah. But, you know, it feels like New Jersey can finally start to build off something and um, not be this bottom feeder team minus the one surprise playoff run they had. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what they do next year with the, the Hughes brothers if they end up both playing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could be fun. It could be fun in New Jersey for the next few years. Do you think Luke does? Do you think they put Luke on the the roster first year? Probably not. I think yeah. they give him a year because he um, he was in college, right? So he has the he has the chance to go back. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's the other brothers did. So yeah, well, Jack Jack played his first year. I think Quinn went back for one year. Yeah, Quinn went and one. Then dominated his rookie year. Um. So yeah, I I mean I like the signing for the Devils. Did was it maybe a bit of an overpayment in some people's eyes? Sure, but guess what? That's yeah. that's what free agency is, right? Like that is, you have to pay more to lure a player to your team because guess what? You're not the only team that's interested in Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, right? people will pay. Yeah, people exactly. Definitely pay for those guys. You know, it it's a business, and the goal is to win a Stanley Cup and be the most successful franchise. And I don't think Dougie Hamilton hurts you. Um, no, I don't think there's that. much that he can do that would uh, destroy your lineups. So to replace him, and I just, the, the hurricanes just boggled my mind this offseason. They signed Tony D'Angelo to a one-year, $1 million deal who a guy has just had nothing Not but a good track record. Yeah, yeah, nothing but controversy throughout his entire hockey career, right? Like he had, I think he said some racial slur to a teammate back in junior. Um, yeah, it's it's not been great. And then he insulted, who was it, for their political beliefs on the goalies. Oh, he's, yeah. And then he's he had burner accounts on Twitter and was just picking fights with people on that. And um, Yeah, he, I don't. Like for for Carolina, I kind of see them as a team that can be a contender, right? Um, they seem to mesh very well they're together. Right there, like they're so and good. <laughs> then you pull someone in this like that isn't a leader, um, clearly, and has had some issues in the locker room. I don't know what you are expecting. Maybe he'll be okay, but if this guy comes in is just like ruins the locker room, then what what do you do? The rain, the New York Rangers, the team he was on before, before being bought out, were literally paying him like a million dollars or something, maybe even more, to not play because he was yeah. he was done. He because, and it's funny how many teams would kill for a defenseman that could put up fifty point plus points in their sleep. Anyone would yeah. take that. You had that in Dougie Hamilton. The Rangers literally sat this guy on their bench for an entire year because he just wasn't worth it. I mean he. What did he, he? I can't remember what it was, but there was an issue with teammate Keandre Miller, and then something with I can't remember which goalie it was. Was it? It was Georg- Georgiev. It was Georgiev, and yeah. punched him just straight up punched D'Angelo. Like yeah, and all these all you know, there's a lot of reporters and uh, people, you know, hockey podcasters, whatever, saying, you know, teammates say nothing but good things about this guy. You're not a good teammate, <laughs> you know. I don't think you're a good teammate if you're yeah. getting punched out by your goalie here, guys. No, I, I don't think that's ever 
a sign of good sportsmanship on either side. So it's, I don't know what they're thinking. I really don't. Like, maybe it's just to save money, right? Like, oh, you know, we could get a guy who puts up as many points as Dougie Hamilton for a million dollars. And maybe, you know, Rod Brindamore and his staff, he shows how good of a coach he can be. Maybe he can rehabilitate this guy. And they've said he's gotten better. I just, I don't, if the Hurricanes want to put up with the headache and deal with it and give this guy, what is his chance number seven, eight, whatever (laughs) it is now, like, go for it. But... Man, just uh, mind-boggling. I, I don't understand. No. Um, lastly, with the, the Hurricanes, in terms of the big moves they made, um, Warren Fogle was traded for Ethan Bear of the Edmonton Oilers, and then Warren Fogle was then extended by the Oilers. I, I can't remember, was it two or three years at around two-something two for the AAV? Basically two by two, I think. Yeah. Um. Ethan Bear, so they so they brought in two right shot defensemen. I let you know you hear Oilers fans say nothing but good things really about Ethan Bear, and yeah, we're not talking about the Oilers fans, and they're not even fans at that point that were no you know, the racists, ripping, yeah, yeah, the racists that were ripping him apart after making a mistake. Those aren't yeah, those don't represent Oilers fans in any way, shape, or form, right? So you hear nothing about good things about this guy. I think it was a good move for both sides. The Oilers need. That depth scoring. Because you were downstairs. Sorry, I'll cut that out. I just saw the most shredded man walk in the background of <laughs> Riley. By the way, Riley's got a fresh haircut, guys. So if you like, I don't know, you follow him on any social media or anything, you know. Yeah, I don't post nice. on social media. but <laughs> Tell him how nice it looks anyways, even nice if it's a guys. photo of his hair like 20 feet on the ground. Um. Yeah, no, Warren Fogle, good depth on offense for the Oilers. I think we saw that they struggled with some scoring, and that's always kind of been their story. And, you know, Ethan Bear, I guess, to try and replace Dougie Hamilton for cheap, right? So uh, what did you think of the deal? Yeah, I, I liked uh, Ethan Bear. He's one of the few Edmonton players that I li- I do like. And um, I know that my one of my Oilers buddies that I talked to is sad to see him go, but he still is. Um, he liked the trade and he thinks it's going to benefit them. So I think in the end, he's probably right. Yeah. I think that's a trade where both sides come out, I think better on parts they needed to address now. Yeah. Maybe in the Oilers case, and you know what, let's jump there right now. They sign, we'll get to the defense and goaltending in a sec. Zach Hyman for seven years at 5.5, um, million on average what did so originally the Leafs were trying to you know do a kind of sign and trade so sign him so Edmonton can get the eight years and mm-hmm. then trade him to Edmonton that didn't end up happening what do you th- like about do you like this deal for the Oilers I kind of want to ask you how you feel about it first look Hyman definitely makes their team better and I think they're going to put him right alongside McDavid and I think he's going to be fantastic there he's going to be exactly what McDavid you want on a McDavid line right he is going to put those hard miles on in the corner and he is going to make sure McDavid doesn't can have the space to create plays like only Connor McDavid can do seven years is a long time for a guy who plays that kind of hockey that yes um, but I mean, I get, we see with a lot of these contracts, right? I don't think no GMs are signing these deals, especially a guy like Zach Hyman and no disrespect to him. He's a fantastic hockey player. They're not signing these for year six and seven. I think they know Zach no. Hyman's probably going to be pretty well done by year six and seven. 
this they're buying five years of Zach Hyman to try and win a Stanley Cup for McDavid and Drysaitel. Yeah, it's it's a enticement to those two to try to get them to stay and give them some hope and something to do with the team. And yeah, I agree. I think it's too long. Um, I saw a lot of people saying it was a bit of an overpayment. Um, I I don't know if I would go that far personally because I mm-hmm. do think he's worth that money. It's just the length does make it a little difficult to say. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I agree with you, and it's it's the five years that are gonna uh, make or break it. Well, and I think Hyman came off one of his better statistical seasons this year. I think in a full eighty-two game season, he was almost on pace for thirty goals. So like, yeah, he was doing well. I mean, five point five per year for a guy who can score almost thirty goals, and there's no doubt his stats are gonna either stay the same or improve on Connor McDavid's line, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah, going from right. Matthews exactly. to McDavid. Like, it's... um, Yeah, no, I like the deal for the Oilers. Some interesting ones on the back end, though. Cody Ceci, who had, a, by all means, a great year in Pittsburgh after a lot of people ragged on him in Toronto mm-hmm. for the longest time. Sends a four-year deal worth $13 million now, what the AEV would work out to just about, just under, between uh, three and four around there. What uh, what do you think about Cody Cece getting a, a nice pay payday? I, I've always liked Cece. Um, once again, my, that one I would maybe put a bit more of an overpayment on, mm-hmm. but he might fit into it in Edmonton, right? Um, you never know at the different role because it's a it's a pretty different team. <laughs> so, if there's one thing with CC, because the next signing I want to talk about Barry, three years at four point five per year, right? So Barry's your offensive guy. He's your power yeah. play quarterback. He showed that he is going to put up ridiculously good numbers on the back end offensively. Anyways, maybe CC, you know, you can have some pressure off him, right? Like you don't need to play. Um these high intense minutes, you know, like you did in Pittsburgh, right? Because if you remember, if you remember in Toronto, he was on the top pairing with Morgan Riley. Yeah. Now he didn't need to be, I think the Leafs were deep enough. They didn't have to do it, but he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's just kind of like a, Hey, you know, Barry's going to be the offensive driver. You're going to be hopefully stay at home and play like you did in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think that'll probably work out the best for them if they play it like that. Now, I think the biggest thing Oilers fans are having a tough time coming to straws with here. They've had a tough offseason, man. Holy <laughs> cow. <laughs> it's, it has. I know we talked about these signings here pretty pretty highly, um, and we like the Warren Fogle deal. But the Duncan Keith one still, I don't think they should be happy about with the fact that, Those he's, things. Yeah, that he's making that much money. And I don't like how the Oilers think they are going to go anywhere with a Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen tandem in net. When I saw that report coming out again, just being like, sounds like the Oilers are going to go with the Mike Smith and what's his face? What did I just forget? Miko Koskinen. 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 Uh, Koskinen tandem. I was like, I, okay. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> like, like right. I wonder, because there were reports of, Edmonton was in on Kemper, right? And then Colorado ended up trading for him. We'll get to that. I wonder what the Oilers were offering. And if the Avs just said, like, no, screw you. We, like, we're not letting you 
you can run Smith and Koskin for another year. Yeah. I did see um I think I it might have been on Punk Puck Empire um talks about uh Kudobin mm-hmm. going to Edmonton well, and being there even for the start of the season. Listen to the goalies Dallas has. Okay, Ben Bishop who uh, didn't play last season. He was hurt. Seems to be a typical but thing with him. Still a great goalie. He he, <laughs> man. If he could stay healthy, you can make the argument he's the best goalie in the world. He is so good when he plays. Yeah, I'll keep Bassey over him. But when he was in his prime in Tampa, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you have Bishop, you have Hudovin, who another older goaltender. Um, if but the Oilers been, seem to playing like well, him. he's been playing well. Yeah. Um, Brayden Holpe, who just signed there after the Canucks bought him out. Mm-hmm. You have Jake Ottinger, in, who right now stands as almost their fourth goalie, who was great yeah. last year for Dallas, man. He put up some fantastic rookie numbers. I'm excited for him, yeah. I want to see him play some more minutes. Um, I don't know who all knows this, but you can only start one goalie in a game and dress two. Those are four goalies that are, are NHL caliber talent so one of them's moving i don't see dallas going in to next season with all four of them i don't know how no. i just wouldn't be smart for one because you could get some really yeah. good assets back especially there's that's what the... i'm thinking about now it's like what like who if edmonton were to go for one of those goalies it's like what would they have to give up for it i think dallas would make them pay a good deal they're desperate i like yeah and they they should know that look as good as mike smith was last year he was great don't get me wrong, and he earned yeah. a contract, I don't know, about two years, and I don't know that him and Koskin are your answer to a Stanley Cup, and I think the Stars know that, and they will they will squeeze every asset they can out of Edmonton if yeah. they want a goaltender. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say on those signings, Barry, CeCe, Hyman? No, not really. It's going to be, if there's one saving grace for Edmonton, that division sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be, uh, that'll be their saving grace. It's Vegas. And then it's a bloodbath from there of just teams yeah. that fight all, to the death could all make it. I still keep forgetting that. Um, what should we call it? The Arizona coyotes are moving to the central next year. I know that'll slip my mind for a while. It's going to be weird. It's like when people kept calling him Phoenix for like five years after they switched their name it, I still do it sometimes. I get it mixed up. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Blackhawks because they have had a just the direction that everyone thought they were going. They just did a complete U-turn and said, no, we're going to go back and chase some championship glory. Now, I do want to point out um, the sexual assault investigation and um, lawsuit is still going on. Again, there's so much happening so quick and so much coming out every single day. I recommend you follow uh, Rick Westhead on Twitter. He's been covering this from the beginning, and he's done a fantastic job. The Blackhawks just made it public that um, they will release the findings of the investigation at the end of this, which, yeah, they should, and they better. Yep. <laughs> um, I Emily, uh, Emily Kaplan's another one that's been covering this on Twitter and writing about it. She's done a fantastic job as well so go check out those um reporters mark lazarus scott power same thing they've been great because again they can do this story justice and give more 
description yeah. that I think either me Yeah, we, we've set our word on it, but we there's a lot more credible people out there that exactly. Tanner just recommended to everyone. So and, and it's a lot of it's a lot of uh legal uh jarble that currently <laughs> with my brain, summer brain, I have a very tough time comprehending. So Yeah, fair enough. Um the Blackhawks, let's start with Flurry because I know you're a big Flurry guy. What did you feel about what Vegas did to him? Because, yeah, and maybe was, explain it because for those that don't Yeah. Know. So basically from what I heard is um, Vegas kind of just traded Flurry without really a, any notion. Uh, he found out on Twitter that he was being traded to Chicago. Um he then released a statement saying that he was going to need some time to think about what he wanted to do with his hockey career and talking to his family about what he what he wanted to do. He said, I'm pretty sure he said at one point that he had no desire to play for Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he, he said it was a, nothing against the city. It was no, just he didn't want no, no, to no. move his family to an unfamiliar location again. Yeah, because he didn't want to start... It's. I, I think it's more of a. He doesn't want to start getting bounced around at the end of his career here when he's trying to watch his kids grow up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he did end up saying that he's going to go to Chicago. He thought it over, and he's going to go play there. So Tanner, that's lucky for you, and I am excited to see him there. But my God, that makes me mad. I was so pissed off when I heard about that man. Well, and like this is. The thing with Vegas, it seems like a fantastic place to play if you only plan on staying there for like 18 to 24 months. And then you're gone. Yeah. You're shipped. Um, yes, seriously. There there are players that like are untouchables, right? Like Crosby's an untouchable, right? Because he's arguably still the best player in the world and was for God knows how many years. Yeah. This is a guy who you built your franchise around. He was your biggest pick back in your expansion draft. He brought you to the Stanley Cup Finals your first ever year and was, without a doubt, your best player. Yep. Has been a consistent goalie for you and sharing the net with Laner no matter what the Alan Walsh tweet was with the sword through the back. And for those that think Flurry didn't know about it, you're wrong because every player knows what their agent's doing. Um, yep. But still, you know, he, he put a smile on his face and you hear nothing about how good of a teammate he is how good he is to that city, how people love him there, how he loves the city. He had he one doesn't more bring year. any of it into the dressing room. He's yeah. just there to be a teammate for everyone. Exactly, and he had one year left on his deal, right? And he apparently there there's a report that he was in the elevator with uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the the general manager, and McCrimmon said, "You are you know you're gonna finish your contract here." And Flurry said, "You know I want to finish my career here and trade it." And for nothing, like they got nothing back for I, I don't even know who this guy is, and he was on the Blackhawks. I have it was never heard it was of this free. Guy. It was free. Yeah, it was a free giveaway. There was that's all it was. Um. Now there there were thing you know obviously freeing up that much cap room. You think you've heard Vegas's name in the Eichel sweepstakes? You think maybe that's something they're doing? But then, you know, they trade for Evgeny Dadanov, which pretty much cuts that cap space negates you just have. a lot of it yeah and also you signed alec martinez to an extension um man i that's if you're a player right do you even want to go sign in vegas like and and it's a great city it's great fans um 
you know, every it's Vegas, right? It's party life. I'm sure that's appealing to a lot of players. But if you have an uh, NHLer with a family. Yeah, it sounds like it's just going to be that team that you play for from 18 to 25, and then you don't want to be there any longer. Yeah, like, it, yeah, don't buy a house. Man, if you are if you get traded to Vegas, don't buy a house, rent. No. <laughs> you, will, you will not be there long. Like there was, Go live with the captain. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was, like, man, wasn't Pacioretty on the tr- trading block one time? And and he was yeah, upset about it. Like, holy cow. So now in terms of the Hawks' perspective... I'm very happy, and I'm very happy Fleury is going to play this year. I think he's going to look—he's going to look great in a Hawks uniform too. It's going to look sick. Um, yeah. It also takes the pressure off Kevin Lankinen, who had—he had a good stretch of games, and then Carlton was just like, "Here you go, the net is yours, <laughs> and you are going to play in front of this dog shit defense and get killed absolutely every single night." So, it's a first of all, you're learning from the reigning Vesna winner who has had done nothing but succeed over his career. Yeah. And the Hawks, along with other moves they made, man, they're, they're all in on a cup that rebuild long gone. Never heard of it. They are back in it with the Jones stuff. We talked about last time they signed, um, Jake McCabe to a four year deal at about 4 million. I, I like Jake McCabe. He kind of reminds me of a, a Nick Jalmerson. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of he's kind of a shutdown guy, so he's going to play along with Murphy, I think, and that's going to be fantastic. I'm really excited to watch that pair. And Tyler Johnson and a 2023 second for Seabrook. Or, sorry, Tyler Johnson for Brent Seabrook's contract, and I believe the Hawks sent a a pick over to them, which, um, man, Tyler Johnson, a little expensive, but... Listen to this. So this is a tweet from Mark Lazarus. Best case scenario, this is the Hawks roster next year. Debrinkit, Doc, and Kane on your first line. Reichel, <laughs> Taze, and Kubelik. So again, you have to. We're assuming that Taze is coming back. Um, he yeah. looks great. That's the the belief right now. Hagel, Camp, Carpenter, or sorry, Kershev, Johnson, Strom as your third line. Hagel, Camp, Carpenter, with your odd man out being Borgstrom, Gadet, and Alex Nylander. Those are your guys out. That's a pretty deep yeah. forward core. On the back end, uh, Calvin DeHaan, Seth Jones, Riley Stillman, Connor Murphy, and Caleb Jones and Wyatt Kalanuck with Flurry and Lankinen in the net. That's that looking terrible. That's a vast improvement from what the Hawks had last year. Holy smokes. Yeah. So exciting. I don't didn't like the Jones trade. I'm not the biggest fan of the contract, but... It, if Seth Jones can be what he can be, um, and if yeah. Taze comes back, I, I'm watching this year, as much as I've ragged on the guy with uh, some of his play right after the, the 2015 season, um, before he went out, he was playing great, and man, you can see how much this team misses him. Oh, big time. Um, some things a little upsetting. Uh, the Hawks traded Zadorov to Calgary for a third, which um, I liked Big Z. When the puck got on his stick, it was an absolute fire drill. You had no clue what was going to happen. But um, yeah, when he didn't have the puck in his own end, he was great. And they lost David Camp, who I was one of my favorite players, just solid defensive center, played penalty kill. And Pius Suter, which was an interesting one, yeah, because you know was one of the top rookies this year. Although he didn't, he wasn't a Calder 
nominee, but he was a great forward for the Hawks. He was one of the top Swiss players the last few years in the Swiss League, and Detroit picks up a great player there um, for their rebuild. I think that was a steal for, for Iserman. Yeah, everything is a steal for Iserman. How do you feel that the Hawks are possibly going to be back in playoff contention after year? I know they made the bubble postseason. I mean, they got slammed yeah, by Vegas. <laughs> um, I'm just excited to see more teams mix it up because it seems like these playoffs are going to be uh, quite a bit different this year. So it'll be interesting for sure. I really do hope Taves comes back. Um, you know, it's it's. I don't like seeing those guys that we grew up watching get hurt and go through all this stuff and have seasons off, right? It mm-hmm. makes me feel old. So when they come back, it... It definitely feels good for everyone. Well, and he, you know, the thing with Taze, right, it was reported that he had got COVID, and he was essentially like a long hauler. He just, yeah, I can't remember. I was listening to, to Laz and Powers, uh, the Blackhawks podcast, and it was something, I think, in the bubble, like Taze was on the bench, and Colleton didn't put him out for, like, the final two minutes of a game where they were down by one goal because he was, like, looking at the floor and seeing stuff, and his head was spinning, and he just, he couldn't, think clearly and people got yeah. mad at Colleton because they're like what are you doing and Taze was like no he he helped me he saved me mm-hmm. so um yeah I really hope he's okay and I don't want him to rush back like health over hockey always always um, every time it's a it's an exciting time to be a Blackhawks fan it, this season's gonna be a lot more intriguing than last I know it was fun last year with the all the young guys in the lineup they you know, made it competitive till the very end. Um, these guys have actual potential to do some damage. Yeah. Um, we touched on it lightly. Vegas signed Alec Martinez to a three-year deal um, worth $15 million. Good signing there. Solid defender. Yep. He earned his money every single penny. Um, Evgeny Dadanov traded there for Nick Holden and a draft pick. I didn't catch the round or if there was a condition, but... They added some scoring, um, still missing that first-line center, which they desperately need. Um, but they needed they needed a winger because Alex Tuck is out for six months with shoulder surgery. So I think that kind yeah. of was their thinking there. Um, anything else you want to touch on on Vegas? No. All good. Another team making big splashes this offseason, the Colorado Avalanche. Now, they did end up getting Landeskog locked up. We talked about there was some tension there last time. An eight-year yeah. deal with a seven million AAV, which comes at uh, a fifty-six million dollar contract total, which is a fair number for Landeskog. It was yes, right in the sweet spot where it should have been at the start for both teams. Um, let's be honest, the Avs lowballed him. Landeskog was asking for way too much. This is a great deal. Yeah, um, I saw a tweet here. The big three in Colorado combined for a total of $21.5 million the next two seasons. Landeskog at $7 million, Nathan McKinnon at $6.3 million, which is 80, the 86th largest contract in the league, and that's the second-best <laughs> player, and, and uh, Miko Ranton at nine point two five. The Toronto Maple Leafs have two players I knew where this was going. making twenty. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Does this not show that, like, hey, if you want to be good, you may have to sacrifice some money here? Yeah. Jeez, man. So, I don't know. I thought that was funny because the Leafs fans yeah. always like to, you know, cry about how much their team makes. So, no. Uh, what do you think of the signing? 
Great. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was really nervous for a bit there that they weren't going to get Landis Gog, and I was mm-hmm. kind of scared for McKinnon to see what he would have done with that. But um, definitely worth it for them to figure out a price higher than what they offered and lower than what he offer, or asked for. So, And that's your cap. Works out too, for both. Right? Like that, yeah. that means something. That, that should be worth some money. Um, yeah, and obviously, like, McKinnon would have just become captain if they didn't sign him, mm-hmm. but that's still your guy, right? Like, that's the guy who's brought all these kids in and keep them up, so. Did you see Nikita Zadorov's uh, comments on McKinnon? I want to read him out because he, he was essentially yeah. comparing him. This is, this is the quote from Zadorov. Nate is essentially like MJ as in Michael Jordan. I don't want to make a direct comparison, but his way of thinking is very similar to MJ. He can be a jerk to his teammates. You need to accept that, and it would improve you as a hockey player as a result. McKinnon apparently spends over 100000 a year on a personal chef, 50000 a year on a dietologist, and $1,000 a day on a live-in physiotherapist. He says, guys, if you want to eat that crap, yeah, this is from Zadorov again, um, saying what McKinnon said. Um, guys, if you want to eat that crap, you have the off-season for that. When you come here, there will be none of that because we're winning the cup. If you miss a pass in practice, he would skate over and literally scream at you. You can't pass him the puck without hitting his stick. He's a guy that demands everyone leaves everything out there to maximize their abilities. That sounds pretty much like Michael Jordan was. Yep. And I bet you... And it worked, so I, you know... And, you know, you hear that, and I, have you seen The Last Dance, hey? Fantastic. Um, yeah, I've watched, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I, I've seen the majority. It's great. I, I really recommend you finish it. I, I'm not even a yeah. big basketball guy, man. That, yeah, uh, me either. I'm not. It makes me mad that there's not an athlete like that anymore, like Michael Jordan. But you, you go through the documentary, and you hear all these people of, and it, a lot of it's just stories of Michael Jordan pissed me off this way, or I didn't like yeah. Jordan because of this. I guarantee you there's guys in that Avs locker room that don't like Nathan McKinnon. But they respect him, right? Yep. I'm sure it, there's, it's this weird thing. Um, I don't know if I exactly agree with that type of uh, captaincy or leadership, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I think it creates a lot of tension for some people. Um, and it might be focused in on more of a narrow group that do get that learning that way of being intense on that, and on them. So... I don't know. It's like a 50-50 with me on how I feel about that. How do you, how do you, what do you think about it? Um, well, like you said, we've seen it worked with the bulls again, different sport, different time as well. That was, you know, that dynasty was what 30 some years ago now. Yeah. Um, I like it. I, I just think, I think McKinnon's the type of guy too, that can do it right. Cause he is, you know, it's not like he, he demands all this out of everyone and, doesn't do it himself, right? Like he preaches, yeah. he does what he preaches. He pro- he goes in, he busts his ass, and you can see it. And like we've talked about this before, he might be the most competitive guy in the NHL. He mm-hmm. hates to lose. He hates yeah. it. Um, and and you're right, and I agree with you there that not every single person learns that way or performs under that kind of pressure. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's the different mentality of athletes, right? And for some it works, some it doesn't. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. Um, you know, I th- if it becomes to the point where McKinnon's straight up just disrespecting them as a human being, well, then okay, yeah. maybe tone it back, <laughs> my guy. But, you know, he expects 
near perfection and I don't I don't blame him right he's a very good hockey player and I I think you're right I think a lot of people respect him in that room even though they may not like him yeah um so, so enough on the the Connor uh or Nathan McKinnon um stroke sesh there um <laughs> Darcy Kemper on the Colorado Avalanche for a 2022 first rounder, which is will essentially be a second rounder, right? Because they'll be it'll be like a 26 to 32 pick, and yeah. Connor Timmins, who's a pretty good prospect for them, for a goalie who makes less than Grubauer would have got. They didn't end up re-signing Grubauer; he went to Seattle um, for one more year, though. And when he's healthy, is elite. What do you think of the them acquiring Darcy Kemper? I like Kemper a lot. Um, I think he hasn't really had his time to shine yet, and I think he's going to do it in Colorado. You saw Grubauer do it over the past few years, just be lights out for them when he could be. How happy? And do you I think, think he'll do the same. How happy do you think Kemper is? Remember that? Dude, uh, he probably that... cried when he got <laughs> the call. Not only is he freed from just a dumpster of an organization, but he's he what was it in the bubble was he the starter when they got lit up for that 7-1 or 8-1 game or whatever it is yeah he would have had to be so he's probably he's probably walking in there thinking like thank god i don't yeah the only time mccann's gonna be ripping shots on me is in practice now so that's gonna be nice. yeah and, like that's the best thing he, he's gonna be excited that he's got a guy like mckinney yelling at his teammates to do better so yeah yeah no doubt like who would have been that guy in you know hey you know yeah, you think Eklund Larson was yelling at anyone? Yeah. Stick no. a, stick to your man for Kemper. I doubt anyone <laughs> said that in Arizona. Um, and then finally, uh, the other big move, Ryan Murray uh, recently signed a one-year deal. Uh, I didn't catch the full AAV, but it was between $2 mil and $2.5 million for the one year. A nice depth defense piece, especially since they lost Ryan Graves earlier um, yep. a few months ago before the expansion draft, so... Anything else to, to touch on on the apps before we move on? Nope. I'm excited to see if they can finally pull it off, though. <laughs> Listen, by the way, I don't know if you have uh, a time limit here. I am, like, halfway through my fucking paper. Like, there's so <laughs> much that has happened. I don't know. I'm sure we could skip through some of it, right? Like, we don't need to say everything, so. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to, we mentioned Seattle quickly. I'll do them. Uh, Philip Grubauer got his six by six, right? It was sounding like the Avs wanted yeah. uh, just five, five and five. They couldn't find common ground there. It goes to Seattle six by six. Jane Schwartz, they also signed uh, five years um, at a 5.5 AAV. And Alexander Wenberg, three years um, with an annual average or an annual value of 4.5 million. At 30 million in cap space, the Kraken went into free agency with they have spent half of it on those three players but um I'd say three pretty solid players alone wouldn't you think yeah I've also I've heard um there is trade talks with Schwartz at the moment um oh, they're like talking a, about dishing him out like a sign and trade type deal yeah interesting and, hmm. yeah I think that was on puck report and if not then I'll, I'll send it to you or something but yeah besides that Grubauer is a great signing so you can't go wrong with that. Well, and the crazy thing is, right, two of the three Vesna finalists are on different teams. That is how weird this uh, goalie market has been this year. Vasilevsky is the only one that's stuck, and it's because he was signed. I'm sure that Lightning would have moved heaven and earth yeah, to keep you him. Yeah, you can't. You, you can lose your whole team for that guy. It'd be fine. 
But like, and it's just crazy. Like the Avs essentially lost Grubauer for nothing. And yeah. same thing with Flurry. They gave up Flurry for nothing, essentially, right? And I think this is good for Seattle. I think, especially in that division, man. If Grubauer can steal some games, he is. It always, it's always kind of felt like he was the backup. He got the starting job in Colorado. Did very good there. I think now it's really his test of how many games can I steal for this team and maybe sneak them into a playoff spot in this awful division. Yeah. Um, I like Jane Schwartz. I think that's a big loss for St. Louis. I've always liked Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Maybe has, hasn't put up the numbers you'd think from Schwartz in the past few seasons, but I think he's still a fantastic hockey player. He's also from Saskatchewan, so that really helps. Um, <laughs> Those those SK boys, yeah. Well, they know how to play <laughs> hockey better than anyone. So, <laughs> um, anything else on Seattle? I didn't catch any other moves by them. Nah, that's. I'm just waiting to see what they do. Waiting to see their starting lineups. Moving to their soon-to-be rival north of the border, the Vancouver Canucks have been busy, busy bees this offseason. Jim Benning is. It's the it's the Jim Benning redemption tour. He's trying to make sure he doesn't lose his job. <laughs> Um, I think he heard me roast him on the last podcast. <laughs> I think he's heard everyone roast him on all their <laughs> podcasts. I don't think anyone said a good thing about Jim Betting for the last seven, eight years, however long he's no. been there. Um, they locked. We talked about the Garland deal and Ekman Larson deal coming over. They actually locked up Garland to a five-year extension with an annual AAV just under five million. Um, I know you you're high on Garland. I'm high on him too. You really like that he's on the team and you got him for five more years. How does that feel? Yeah, I'm very excited just to have someone again, right? It's been so annoying with this offseason trying to sign our guys. We have so many moving pieces, and just to have, like, one of them that we traded for <laughs> done is, is so much relief. No, but but it's okay, though, because the Canucks have also signed Tucker Pullman to a four-year deal with an AAV of $2.5 million. <laughs> There we go, Jim Benning. That's yeah. Back. I, he came back. Yeah, he came that's... back. I saw someone uh, commented, and they were like, um, "The Sedins must have went on their lunch break when um, Benning <laughs> Benning got a minute alone." <laughs> Why? Like, who is leaving the phone with Jim Benning? We have learned this is not the right move to do. Um, yeah, I think there's two twi- There's the twins. One of them has to take a lunch break in intervals, right? Like, they got, someone has to be in the room with him at all times. Um. I saw a lot of Canucks fans maybe overreacting to this signing on Twitter. I mean, look, it's really Canucks it's fans overreacting. No way. <laughs> yeah, no, they would never do that. It's not. It's not like they'd start burning cars and stuff after they lost a game That's seven. Or silly. Something. What a silly thing. <laughs> um, Tucker. So, like, I mean, an overpayment for sure, but it's not like the contract's unmovable, right? If you no. You can move that to a team that needs to eat salary. I mean, the Sabres are still under the cap floor. You really need to move it, throw in a draft pick, and boom, it's gone, right? So Yeah. And who knows? Maybe Tucker Pullman turns into a Norris-winning defenseman, and he's on a $2.5 million deal. Who knows, right? <laughs> you never know. Um, so, mentioned before, they bought out Holpe. Um, Nate Schmidt also went to Winnipeg for a 2022 third-rounder. Real shame he didn't work out there, man. I like Nate Schmidt. Yeah, I, I liked him in Vegas, man. I just when he played here, he just wasn't the same guy. Yeah, he didn't he didn't look comfortable. Um, no, he, he struggled. He wasn't good. Um, no, let, I saw this post. I'm sure you saw this too. The Canucks last offseason re-signed Jake for Tannen, signed Braden Holpe, and traded for Nate Schmidt. This offseason bought out, <laughs> bought out Holpe, 
bought out Vertan and the Vertan one for obvious reasons yep. and traded Nate Schmidt for pennies on the dollar. Um, I mean, you know what? Those are just guys that didn't work out. Uh, yep, it happened. And, Schmidt. and you know what? They got out. They didn't retain money on Schmidt and they bought out Holpe, which won't affect them very long. And they signed Yaroslav Halak as the new backup. So it looks like they're going to run Demko Halak this year, maybe as a 1A, 1B. Maybe Demko's the full-time starter. I like the signing, man. Halak's been great in Boston. So Yeah, I, I actually like Halak a lot. I think that was a great steal from us. So now, If someone could please just offer sheet Hughes or Pedersen <laughs> to get Benning off his ass and sign these guys or take one of them. <laughs> like, Dude, my just... anxiety is just like waiting every day it's crazy <laughs> i'm sure like i gotta get off my phone oh my goodness i i'm sure they'll get him back i don't know what team would have the ball the the gall to offer sheet either of those guys and give up yes yeah. maybe buffalo who knows they have all the money to do it give all your draft picks yeah. who knows who knows um <laughs> let's move on to the boston bruins we'll kind of skip through them kind of quickly i'll try and speed this up a little bit um they slip they slipped they shipped their uh, young goalie Vlader Vladar to Calgary. Vladar Vladar for a third round pick. I really like this for Calgary, man. He looked good in Boston. Yeah, um, we were, we were all happy about that because he's so young, man. So yeah, yeah. Um, he played some games this year and looked really good. Uh, David Krejci announced uh, not he's retiring. He's retiring from the NHL. He's going back home to play in the Czech for. Uh, family reasons right i think it was something his his kids spoke english his family spoke czech and it just kind of wanted his kids to grow up where he grew up and yeah be closer to his family so you can always respect that and i mean what a great career the guy had yeah absolute legend especially for the bruins that guy he's just great he's always been like i didn't see him he barely got worse right mm-hmm. like he was just always he would change his game he adapted all the time so well, man, and he, he played great with Hall this year. Like, that's going to be a tough spot to fill on that second-line center because those two, I think, were perfect for each other, right? Like, Krejci is just – you talk about true playmakers. The guy passes all the time. Yeah. That's, he's one of the best at it, underrated throughout his whole career, and Hall mm-hmm. really adapted well to it. Hall, by the way, re-upped uh, four years. I didn't catch the AAV. I missed the, the amount there. But, I mean, it seems like Hall has finally found his home. Um, yeah, and it's time Boston's window is starting to close, and I think he wants to help maybe bring one more there to to Boston. Nick Felino also signed there, um, a nice big body who I think is going to fit really well into the way Boston plays. Yeah, he'll have fun. The big one, and it's this kind of seems like uh, Tuka Rask's time may not just be done with the Bruins, but in the NHL, sign Linus Allmark to a four-year deal um, worth twenty million dollars, so a five million AAV. What do you think of that one? Um, I think Allmark's one of the most underrated goalies in the league, so I think that's a fair price for him. Yeah. Um, if you know anything about him, uh, he could definitely outperform that, mm-hmm. and that that's huge for them. So I, I you know, I, I don't want to see Tuca go, but yeah, well, because I think Tuca just had surgery, so there's something like he could just sign with the Bruins when he if he feels he's ready to play like later in the season, which is a very much a possibility because I think Tuca loves Boston. I'm sure he would want to go back. Um, yeah. It makes me think like $5 million 
for Linus Allmark. I wonder what Buffalo is offering him. Like, I wonder if I imagine I because I feel like they probably offered him more, and he's just like, I don't want to come back to this. Yeah, I wouldn't show. either. <laughs> Get me out of this town. Um, let's move on to one of their bigger rivals, the Leafs, who took uh, two former Bruins in free agency, Andre Kasha for one year at $1.25 million, and Nick Ritchie, um, two years worth $5 million in total. Some good wingers to, tr- you know, cheap wingers. You have That's what they have to do, right? They're pretty cap-strapped to play alongside yeah. in the top nine. Um, and Peter Mrazek, three years at a 3.8 uh, annual average. Um, what do you think of the Leafs offseason? Pretty quiet, relatively. I mean, you can only do so much with limited cap space, right? Yeah, there nothing really surprised me there. Um, Mrazek, you know, he's he's always been a good goalie. He's so fun to watch. He has a great personality when he lets it out. So um, that should be fun. The Kyle Dubas comment saying that he believes in these guys and sticks with these guys. Now, I think that I like that. I like that he's sticking with the, you know, he's kind of lying in the bed he made, right? Like he signed all those contracts. He, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that's one more year. And I think the Leafs have one more year to make some progress, right? And anything, anything, or else it's his head. One of the big fours moved. They they have to be, and I guarantee you, it's Marner. It's just the one that makes the most sense. He makes the munch that you could actually get something back for him. It's so much for him, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting, especially with the division they're going in, man. Like it's. I could see the Leafs, to be honest, not making the playoffs. I really can't. Yeah. That, that yeah, if they don't have it figured out. Tight. Yeah, if they don't have it figured it out, like it, it, it could definitely be a struggle. Yep, they got to they gotta put that narrative. You know, Leafs fans are sick of that narrative that the, the North was weak. Well, you have this year to prove it, man, because you're going against some heavyweights um, yeah. back in the Atlantic. Um, quickly trying to continue moving on the St. Louis blues who had previously acquired, uh, Buchnevich signed him to a four year, um, contract worth $23.2 million as well as Brandon saw they signed in free agency for five years at 22 and a half million, uh, total good. I, yeah. I like, I like all those. I like both those players. Buchnevich could really break out in St. Louis getting a I, I like. Role a lot so yeah and i he'll get some big minutes in st louis too especially with yeah. tarasenko probably on the way out um i mm-hmm. think they're gonna give him a big chance there and brendan sod has always just been a consistent solid forward throughout yeah. his entire career no matter what team he plays on chicago columbus um great in colorado right um the montreal canadians now it was reported that paul byron is out for five months uh after hip surgery which is a pretty quick recovery time. I don't know. I thought hip surgery would have took him longer, but guess yeah. what? Paul Byron's just built different. I don't know, or maybe I'm just an <laughs> idiot. Some I, some pretty good signings. Like, I mean, Price is ready for next season, and then they signed Dennis Savard to a four-year deal, uh, 3.5 AAV. Obviously, to replace Shea Weber, right, It's it sounds like he may never play again. So yeah. you kind of had to replace someone on that right side, and I think Dennis Savard's a great replacement. He's a fantastic fantastic d-man and mike hoffman this one really kind of went under the radar um yeah three years at 13.5 mil it's kind of crazy how much hoffman isn't in the spotlight anymore like you heard lots about how good he was in ottawa 
mm-hmm. then he went to Florida and had some of his best seasons there, right? But, like, you're playing in Florida. You don't get much attention. Signs in St. Louis didn't really click that much there. And now he's going to Montreal, who he's probably going to play alongside uh, Suzuki or Cockneyemi and score in his sleep. Yeah, it's a good little good little pickup by then. Hoffman's a hell of a player, too. Like, it... Yeah. These last few years, I think people forget how good he is, man. That guy's wrister is insane. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a good a good offseason for the Habs, right, for for what they were dealt, and um, especially yeah, coming off a of stand. They got Cup. Druin coming back, and hopefully they're, they're going to look they're going to look good. Uh, and again, like this, like I look at the Habs, and that's a reason why I say like the Leafs. I don't know if you can do it. Like the Habs yeah. have improved. Um. Like, I know the Sens are probably not going to make it, but they showed last year with the way they ended off, they can play Mm -hmm. very well. Um, They can win games, yeah. They can win games. Florida's only gotten better. Boston's gotten better. Um, (laughs) Crazy stuff, man. Like, Florida re-upped Bennett to a four-year deal. What what do you think of that as a former flame? Yeah, good to see him get paid in a nice place. I hope he wins the Art Ross this year. Yeah. That'd be beautiful. Flames fans would cry. Yeah, it'd be bad. <laughs> they would they would paint. I bet you they would start selling jerseys with like a panther flying through the flames <laughs> sea to to show their support. Um, yeah. Moving on to the Lightning, they you know the you've heard this everywhere. Corey Perry, if you can't beat him, join him. I think the Lightning probably wanted him more than maybe he wanted to go there like you played this guy in two (laughs) you played this absolute just pest in the finals for two years in a row like okay you can come do it for us we don't want to play you anymore yeah seriously he just seemed to start following them around they didn't know how to deal with it so (laughs) they just decided to join forces and now he can't piss them off um Braden point then eight years at uh, 9.5 AAV, give him all the money in the world. He deserves everything. Well deserved. Player. I'm surprised that's all he got, and he still makes less than Mitch Marner. So these <laughs> fans can cry on that one too. Um, I'm a Marner fan. I don't know why. I, it's just fun. It's just fun to poke it at is fun. the Leafs. It's always just a good pastime. No, um, moving on to the Blue Jackets, right? They've had a pretty good offseason up to this point. They re-signed Jake Bean to, I believe, a three-year deal at 2.33 per year um again we talked about it last time it looks like he's going to get a chance for some real ice time there which i think would be good for him and zach warinsky six-year extension at nine million dollars per season that's a lot (laughs) it's a lot but you know what if there's one justification i'll give columbus um they also tendered line a for one more year so he's coming back at seven million dollars whatever um kind of a trade that exactly there's one thing with the Rinsky contract. They kept a big name around. They kept yeah. a guy and said, listen, you know, everyone has walked out on us. No one wants to stay here. We just need someone who can can show that it's good to play in Columbus. Like there's positives about yeah. playing here. And I think and I think Rinsky does truly like Columbus. Did they maybe have to overpay yeah, never... to keep him? Probably. I've never heard him complain about anything. Um, you know, he's a great great player mm-hmm. so and yeah you're right they probably did have to pay him a little extra to stay there but that's what you have to do yeah, to like build something you're, around you're in a and like the thing with columbus right it maybe if they had this winning culture about them 
that it, it would make it easier to bring people to come play there, but they, they haven't been around for very long and they haven't won. They've won what a playoff round. Yeah. Which was a great, it was a great win. playoff round, it but they for, didn't do much to follow that up. Yeah. So, um, I, I like the deal for Columbus. They, they needed to keep a big name around and they, they kept one of their own around, I believe a, a Columbus draft pick. Yep. The LA Kings, another team whose rebuild is done, signed Philip Deneau to six-year deal at worth $33 million, so just under $6 million per. And yep. Alexander Edler, former Canuck, to a two-year $3.5 million deal. What do you think of the, the Kings offseason? Yeah, well, shout-out to Edler, one of my favorite players growing up, and was our last player from our 2011 Cup run, so that's always sad to see him go. But you know what? Good pickup from LA, I think. Edler just wanted to move somewhere south, to be honest. It sounds like the Canucks offered him more, and he was just like, eh, I, I want to go Cali. So that's fine. Who but, wouldn't? Yeah, don't blame yeah, the guy. Yeah, how can you blame a, great a player team. for that? Um, and, uh, yeah, the who was the other signing? Dano. Oh, Dano. Yeah, that that's a nice signing for them. I For one, that Dano signing takes a lot of pressure off Kopitar. I think yes. you can really maybe see Kopitar. He had a research, like he's been great the last few seasons, but you can probably really see him take off. Um, now that he has a solid, like a guy who's truly meant for just shutting down lines. And again, like with how bad that Pacific division is, man, don't be surprised if the Kings are like top three, even right. Like they have added yeah. some good pieces. Quinton Byfield, I would imagine, is a full time NHLer this year. He better be. Maybe uh Turcotte, Turcotte's with the the Kings, correct? Or I'm thinking of another is it um, uh it's Turcotte or Turcotte. New Hook. It's one of the two. Hold on. I think it's Turcotte. Search it up. But yeah, I, I am excited for them. Um I know a lot of Flames fans don't love LA, but <laughs> it's okay. I, we all think Doughty's a bit of a whiner, and I'll stick by that as well, but he still is a great player, and he has some left, life left in him. So, Yeah, Doughty, I mean, the the contract, again, is a, we said this before with players, it kind of makes people lessen their value. I don't think Doughty is not a top-two defender anymore. He's still very good, um, mm-hmm. just maybe not an $11 million worth, but really who is, right? It, yeah. it takes a special Especially player. Especially at that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm I I I've always liked the Kings. I don't know. I they're always just a fun team to watch. Like their cup runs in twelve and fourteen were some of the best hockey you could ever watch. Twelve, yeah, twelve. Was oh something man, what man? Else. Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick was, was also one of my role models growing up. He's just insane. He, he was not human. He had like unbeatable the, at the end of the playoffs. Had a save percentage above nine forty. Yeah, he won the Conn Smythe in. 12, right? Yes. Yeah. And he should have. Like, they're yes. not even a competition. Not even close. Um, some other signings just kind of around the league. We've kind of gone through all the, the teams who made the most stuff. Just a few um, going through here, and you can stop me if there's any that you're, you know, angry at or confused. I'll raise my hand. <laughs> I'll raise my hand. Oh, oh we have a function in teams to actually raise your hand. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, that feature was used so much in our class and no instructor ever saw it. Nope. And then it would have to be someone turned on their mic and they'd be like, yeah. hello? Yeah. <laughs> um, 18 people have questions. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It would usually be like Devin or Savannah, the girl who voices our <laughs> intro. They'd be like, yeah, there's like 
half the class with their hand up here while the instructors <laughs> think that no one's listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a good group group A was, man. I missed yeah, I missed that class. Um so Alex Ovechkin, five more years in uh the capital at nine point five per year. Um no surprise there. The captain legend in the NHL in hockey is chasing Gretzky's record. Uh yeah. Nothing much more you can say. Tyler Bertuzzi re-ups in Detroit for two years at 4.75. Good. Bert. Solid deal, right? Good player. Uh, Ryan Suter, four years at 3.65 in Big D. Um, The four years is a little shocking, and reports to him to Boston, but I I don't know. I think... I think he can do it. Yeah. I think he'll do well. Yeah, Dallas is a weird team for me. Like, I don't, I didn't predict them making the playoffs last year at the start of the season. I don't, I don't know if they can do do it again. Like, I just, they seem like, they seem too old. They have good young players, but like Sagan's coming off a bad injury. Who knows who their goalies are going to be? Yeah, Um, they're weird. They are a weird team. Like, they're at the same, like, I could easily see them not making it, and I could easily see them just dominating right behind Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. They're just, I don't know, it all depends. And they had a tough year last year, too, I guess, with the whole COVID outbreak at the start of the season. Yeah, they they, make their whole, everyone was behind. Yeah, exactly. Um, Blake Coleman, six years at just under $5 million on the Flames. What do you think of this one? I do got to get your opinion here. Yeah, so everyone that I've talked to, all my Flames guys, and myself included, love the player, do not love the contract. Um, it's a lot of money for Blake Coleman. It's a lot of, it's a lot of years, and again, a lot of years like, and money. It's the combination, right? Like, I, I feel like we could have gotten at least one of those down the years or the the number, but in the end, we we all like Coleman and we're excited. So we want to bite our tongues before we really put too much out there because mm-hmm. yeah we are excited he he reminds me of a zach hyman like he is the mm-hmm. pretty much the exact same player as a hyman just with more you know hardware right and pedigree yes. essentially and i think that if there's one thing the flames need they need to know how to win in the playoffs and coleman's a guy who can do that because the flames yeah. they get they can get to the playoffs but they just do not do anything they when playing. they get there they stop playing yeah they they still hit the golf course right after yeah. um with with Coleman and Zadorov and uh, I believe Pitlick went there right after the expansion draft. These sound do these not sound like Daryl Sutter guys? <laughs> For sure, they, they are. They're do. they're physical yeah. players. Um, you know, Zadorov is not going to let anyone get within two feet of Markstrom, and nope. Coleman is going to bash and bang into every single corner, glass, board, bench, you name it. Um, yeah, and I think. I think guys like Chucky really needed that because I, I think Kachuk last year really felt on his own on the physical side of things. He he would try to get stuff up, try to get in other teams' grills, and then just seem to be left alone because what, what's Johnny Gaudreau going to do when Kachuk gets punched in the face, right? Um, so we're, we're, we're excited to see a bit more grit, and we think the Battle of Alberta will be a little bit more fun. So so I don't know how true these reports are, but I've heard it just on some some outlets I listen to. With Matthew Kachuk, it it just sounds like maybe he didn't 
enjoy himself under Sutter as much as he thought he would have or like didn't adapt as well and again it was only like half a season in one of the toughest seasons ever right um Mm -hmm. but there was also like reports that his teammates were kind of just sick of you know him always causing stuff with other teams and feeling they have to go to bat for him like who if those reports are true like whose side do you kind of feel with here because like I look at a guy like Kachuk who does such a good job of pissing off the other team like he's on your team have his back I don't know. That's yeah, just kind I, of I agree way. with. I agree with that. You should always have your guys back, especially someone who could um, be your next captain, um, depending on who comes here in the next while. But it's just like you also think management would be in there saying support that, right? Because that's getting numbers up for games and it's getting tickets sold and everything. So like, I don't know why you leave a guy to just have this season of sparking a rivalry again between one of the biggest rivalries in yeah. the game. That was single-handedly Kachuk. Yeah, really. Kachuk brought that back. And now it's like it didn't seem like anyone wanted anything to do with him. So hopefully that can spark. Maybe I think Zadorov will be big with that, and it'll, it'll be good. I think you guys are going to love Zadorov. I, he's just a, he's just so... They had a mic. We like him already. Oh. We, yeah, I, I love his mic up. It was so good. That made me love him immediately. Yeah, like he's... He's going to make you frustrated when he has the puck on his stick, but, man, it's just so nice that he's not going to get pushed around. Don't worry. We had Mike Smith to get frustrated about having the puck on the stick, and nothing can face us anymore. I can't remember if I told this story on here, but so, like, in I think it was, like, NHL 15, the video game. Me and my friend uh, Justin used to play versus each other online and, like, turn all the rules off. Mm Mm-hmm. So like, obviously, yeah, of course. So like, oh, no offsides, ice, anything. So he would always flip the puck in because I'd always have Mike Smith as my goalie because his puck <laughs> plane, I think, was the highest in the game, and the puck would be miles away from the net, and Mike Smith would go and get it like they just built it into the game, and he would get killed every time, right? Because there was no rules, and he would just run over Smith. But like, it was, it fits so perfectly for a guy who who does play the puck all the time. So. I don't know. I just thought that was a cool thing. To yeah, share. That's, that's funny. Um, few more here. Alex Goligoski, one year at $5 million in Minnesota. Um, Kevin Fiala also going to arbitration for his contract. Kapril Kaprizov still not with a contract. I don't think anything crazy there on the Minnesota front. Still on the Eichel. Um, Eichel Sweet watch sense. and Mikhail Granlin, four years, uh, $5 million AAV in Nashville again. They just brought him back. Um, a little bit surprising. I thought maybe with the rebuild they would have let a guy like that walk, but uh, they must get to know, keep him around. I think. Yeah, he's been good there. Um, a few more things to to chat about, Riley. And again, it's it's a little bit off the free agent talk for now. Unless you, you have anything else you wanted to bring up in terms no, of signs I'm over and stuff. It for now, again, a lot <laughs> of stuff has happened. Um, we probably won't have an episode this long again for a while. Just I think everyone's kind of. Signed and everything. So there was Jack Eichel news um, that his agents were um, not very happy with some of the way the Sabres were handling this. So essentially the Sabres said, you know, we're going to get what we feel for Eichel. Like, we're not going to give in. Um, We're asking for a high price, and we're going to keep it that way. And in fairness to Kevin Adams, who's had a great offseason, you should. The guy is a elite franchise center you should be getting the moon and the stars back for this guy so i really like that he's sticking to his guns um this is uh his, jack eichel's agent's response and this is 
um, just just under a week ago. The process is not working. As previously as previously stated, we fully anticipate a trade anticipated a trade by the start of the NHL free agency period. After the agreed upon and prescribed period for cons- conservative rehabilitation lapsed in early June 2021, it was determined by the Sabres medical staff that a surgical procedure was required. The recommendation by Jack's independent neurosurgeon, other spine specialists consulted, and the surgery Jack feels most comfortable having in order to correct a herniated disc in his neck is to proceed with artificial disc replacement surgery. A further point of concern is that our camp was initially under the impression that Sabre Specialist was in agreement with the artificial disc replacement surgery until that was no longer the case. What is being left out of discussion is that Jack would be able to play in the NHL for the start of the season pending medical clearance if he were allowed to have the surgery he desires even as of this date. This date at the time would have been July uh, 30th. Repeated requests have been made to the Sabres since early June to no avail. This process is stopping Jack from playing in the NHL, and it is not working. Um, what what does this sound like to you? Because I know what it sounds like to me. It sounds like same old, same old to me. <laughs> it sounds like the the agents are trying to force this trade as quick as possible because they know um, that, for one, he does need the surgery. It's not like they're lying or about that no. but they they want their client to to play on a team next year at, by the start of the season and they're trying to speed that up by putting pressure on the sabers and i think kevin adams is still going to hold his ground and say no we're not gonna give in like like realistically eichel has no leverage here right they no. they could say we're you know you're gonna play on you you could sit out if you don't get the surgery with us or you could play the season with us until we get the trade we want. So I, I don't know what you think of the whole situation. I don't know where you think he goes, but um, it's really what the rest of the hockey world's waiting on this off season. I mean, that's really yep. the last big thing. It's um, the biggest thing, and it's the one that's waiting, taking the longest. I, I like, yeah. And we we are running uh, a bit long on time here, but there's one thing we do need to bring up. It's a little bit more on the serious side. Uh, the Evander Kane uh, allegations. Uh, I don't want to seem like we're burying it because it's pretty, pretty big stuff. But essentially, his wife uh, took to social media to uh, claim that he was ne- neglecting his, not only his wife uh, but his kids as well, saying that he's, uh, you know, never home. Um, apparently, he sold the house because right he filed for bankruptcy last year and apparently sold the house without even telling um his wife soon to be ex-wife by the way it should be noted that they are getting uh divorced and it was also she also claimed that evander kane would bet on his own his own hockey game san jose sharks games and then throw them essentially and you know try and fix the game essentially yeah which is pretty serious stuff. Uh, Kane has obviously since come out and denied the allegations. Obviously, um, I man, this guy has just got so. It, it just seems the moment he's in the clear, he just goes right back in. Yeah, I don't know. It's after Kane's <clears throat> statement too. It's hard to believe him, right? Because it's it's not like this is the first time that someone's saying something like this about him 
And now there's teammates on San Jose saying they don't want to play with him next year, even if he is back. Yeah, so apparently he was a trade piece uh, before free agency because teammates, they don't want him back on the team. And uh, sorry for the interruption there. Goddamn ringer. Yeah, we almost got through it. We almost got through it without it interrupting. Um, I I just want to read uh, Evander Kane's history timeline. Now, this is uh, per NHL collection on Instagram. Um, so April 3rd, 2014, Evander Kane faces lawsuit over assault. Uh, June 12, 2014, he claims self-defense in the in that uh, Vancouver assault case. Fast forward two years later, July 1st, 2016, Kane was sued by a woman for an alleged physical attack. Uh, a month later, he pleads not guilty in the assault case. Um, November 2nd, 2018, Kane faces GM lawsuit as ex-girlfriend claims he renegade... 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 Oh, my gosh. Uh... On $3 million abortion payment, uh, I'm just going to spell the word out because I actually don't know how to pronounce it. R-E-N-E-G-E-D. Um, I don't know. Doesn't sound good. It. Anyways. Anyway, doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound good. House, House League Heroes podcast, baby. That's where you come for all the, the hard-hitting Thank you, spelling. everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kane, uh, October 1st, 2019, Kane suspended for physical abuse of official. Uh, November 4th, 2019, Kane sued by a Las Vegas casino for not paying $500,000 worth of debt. January 9th, 2021, Evander Kane and Sharks sued $8 million due to unpaid debt. And you'll see this trend continue. Three days later, Evander Kane files for Chapter 7 bankruptcy um, worth about, I think, $26 million around, which was essentially almost worth his contract. Um, and then... May 7, 2021, Evander Kane sued $15 million by lender for fraud. Evander Kane is then accused July 31, 2021, of throwing NHL games. The NHL has now announced since then that they are conducting an investigation. Oh, boy, man, I hope this guy gets some help because he... Yeah, it's, I don't want to say too much before the investigation. Like I said, it's hard to believe him with that track record. And, um, yeah, let's let's hope the NHL can come to a conclusion here that mm-hmm. isn't just absolutely terrible for everyone involved. Yeah, and I like, and it shows now. Robin Lehner took was pretty vocal on Twitter about this. I don't know if you saw his tweets, but he mm-hmm. wasn't essentially sticking up for him, but he was saying, you know, as a guy who battled with with addiction and stuff with his mental illness and everything uh gambling is an addiction it is and evander kane clearly suffers from it and i think evander kane has himself owned up to that but yeah um again innocent till proven guilty but don't you know don't just think the innocent are full of crap right um yeah again have to see where it plays out if if it is true and all this, uh, I really hope the NHL helps out uh, Kane's ex-wife, soon-to-be ex-wife and kids, right? Yeah. Uh, especially with the, the money situation they're in as well as um, help help Evander Kane out because he's clearly got an addiction problem um, and he's just got some problems overall. And the NHL, I think, needs to show that they can care for some of their players here. Yeah, they need to. You know, they they supported um, 
or the team supported Leonard when he had his incident. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see it with organizations a lot. So now that it's kind of out of San Jose's control as this steps up to the league with him gambling on games mm-hmm. of his own, hopefully they, they can stay true to those. That's um, crazy. I couldn't believe those allegations when I read them. Like, holy Yeah, those are cow. some big allegations. Um, I, could, I, I didn't think players would do that because i just feel like it'd be so hard to do in hockey right like just um, yeah right like it's not like in basketball where you're on the court for the majority of the game to do something right like if you play bad you just get benched yeah (laughs) so crazy stuff um that's all i had for today we've run over i don't know if there's anything you really wanted to talk about um Shouts out no, to, I think we covered everything. Uh, shouts out to Degrassi, who won a gold medal in the 200 meter today. And yeah, all the huge. Canadian and Penny Alexiak for becoming the most decorated Olympian in hit or female. Was it? I think it was just Olympian overall, wasn't it? In Canadian no history. But yeah, I, think, um, I believe. Yeah, I think it was Canadian. History. And all the Canadian athletes at the Olympics who have done. Yeah, big shout out to the and, women who are carrying yeah, they our are gold medals right now on, our, on their back like it's nothing shouts out to the canadian soccer team for beating team usa in the semifinals. And yeah they went to the final go. to win gold i think for the first time ever so yeah that's gonna be cool to watch man um yeah go canada i, I don't go know what canada. else to say no i got nothing else all right well, that was episode 12, a nice long one for you guys to enjoy. You get to hear these beautiful voices for almost an hour and a half. Um, yes. <laughs> maybe we should just put, like, we got to make our own ads up, I think, just to put in the middle of... Just to have a breather. Just a breather from from us. <laughs> play some of my, my SATE ads that I developed for some companies this year. Man, we got to get, like, a manscaped sponsorship because yeah, they seriously. seem to be sponsoring everyone or uh <laughs> simply safes another one yeah yo sponsor us i'll sponsor anything i can write a good <laughs> me and riley can write good ads yeah anything legal maybe pam <laughs> we pam. can write yeah, it. check out my website you can see what i've written and sign us up Actually, yeah, what is your website? You should shout that out somewhere. I think it's around. literally just like Riley Barton slash Wix. Oh, it's in my Instagram bio. Sweet. So go check out uh, Riley Barton on Instagram at underscore Riley Barton underscore. The reason I remember that is because I hear it every single intro, every single yep. week. From the fantastic <laughs> I didn't even Groot. know it that well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. Um, in terms of episodes and what's going to happen, I mean, if something, if some big stuff happens, I'm sure we'll hop on and record some shorter episodes, but I... I don't see the need for us to come on every Sunday or whatever and no, talk. Well, for... we'll do it periodically as we, we have enough information to actually put some content together. And we've also got a month of summer left. Uh, we should, you know, I want, you know, you go enjoy your summer. I know I've got uh, a few weeks of work left here and then. Yeah, I, I just have two left and then I'm done. Spend some time with some family before I move back to Calgary, so. Yeah, I'm actually coming to Saskatchewan when at the end of this month. So at the end of the month, yeah. I think I'll be gone. Which sucks. yeah, it, it'll be like the third week of August, maybe. We'll oh, see. I don't know are, what we're doing yet. Are you coming to the Ryder game? Because I'm getting absolutely pinned. Uh, at, uh, I'll try. In pill country. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, in turn again, episodes will just kind of be sporadic. Um, and yeah, Riley, uh, I'll let you take us out this week here. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. It's been fun, a uh, good season. Now that it's all kind of come to a little bit of a close. And shout out to everyone for listening. I know I've had a lot of my family members and friends that tune in every week. So thank you guys. Yeah, uh, same goes for me. Um, I I just have a blast doing this. I mean, we don't. I think you can agree we don't take ourselves too seriously. I think we kind of know our place <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms yeah. of the the. I'd say we provide good content, but, you know... I, we know we, what kind of content we're providing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone again for listening. I enjoy to your summer. Enjoy the nice weather while it lasts, because, um, God, summer's almost over. That's, I know. Jeez. Uh, let's not end on a down note. Happy uh, Wednesday, everybody. Two more days till the weekend. It'll get, I guess it'll be Thursday when you listen to this. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Take a breath because Jack Echo's probably going to be traded within the next 24 hours. We're just going to have to hop right <laughs> on the back of this anyways. So take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, peace out.